Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who came before you. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise we pray with me. God, in you we live and move and have our being. You are the giver and the sustainer and the redeemer of all that we are and all that we will be. Bless us by strengthening our trust in these promises, by giving us the strength to look to you in all of life's needs and by taking the time to appreciate just how blessed we truly are. Bless us now by the movement of your spirit and the gift of your word, given that you may guide us through this life to live, to love, and to serve you. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you can't tell, I'm liking my questions this morning. Uh, another one. Do any of you have a favorite beatitude? Have you ever been asked that question before? Think about it. Uh, I think that our... Our go-to beatitude has a lot to say about who we are, as well as as who we understand God to be. Um, When I was a kid, probably probably first grade or so, uh, I would go to my grandparents' uh, church for vacation Bible school. Um, It was Southern Baptist Church, and, and that year they were doing the beatitudes as their theme for the week. And what they did was they took each beatitude, uh, they're from Matthew 5, and tied it in with a story from Scripture so that the blessing that Jesus was talking about was illustrated through the life and the work of God's people. Uh, and of course, you know that age, you, you not like to reward um, participation, and so they would give us like a little piece of candy or something if we memorized the verse from the next day. A little bit of prep work for us. Um, Being a little lazy, I picked the one that looked the shortest and the easiest to remember. And so I gravitated toward Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
as I've grown and I've spent more time learning about these blessings and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, um, I look to that beatitude to help explain the others. I fast forward a little bit through life, and uh, when my wife and I were uh, in Israel, on the northern coast of the Sea of Galilee, there's a, a chapel that's built on one of the many hills there um, to mark the place where they believe Jesus delivered this sermon to his disciples. And the chapel there is dedicated specifically to these Beatitudes. Um, there's the, the chapel where the Franciscan nuns gather for worship, a nice stone walkway that leads out to an open amphitheater that lets you look out across the, the Sea of Galilee, and it's just beautiful. But along that walkway are little stones look almost like headstones and carved on each one of them are each of these beatitudes and so i took the time and i stopped a little bit and of course i, I focused on my favorite one um, and my wife walked up and we both kind of had this conversation that said well this is the one that we both gravitate toward and it was in that moment that we realized well, we had the same favorite beatitude blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy and it's from there that we together have come to understand the scope of what Jesus did for us, but also our place in the work of sharing ministry together by offering mercy to those who are in need. And so take the time to think about your go-to beatitude how that one will open up the rest of them to understand the depth of blessing that Jesus offers in this sermon. Recalling the, the length to which God shows us his love and his care by blessing us to make disciples in the name of Jesus. You know, I hear these and I keep going back to that one. And I'm sure that the disciples who were gathered with Jesus, surely they heard them in a similar way that we do. Right. Thinking of the people in their lives who were merciful or meek or the peacemakers who you've observed to be pure in heart. And the blessing that those people are in your life. But even still, I'm sure that their ears perked up a little when Jesus came to some of these blessings. Right? What's blessed about being poor in spirit? How is mourning death and tragedy a state of bliss? How long must people who hunger and thirst for righteousness, endure the injustice of poverty, of discrimination, of war, of being overlooked by people too comfortable with their own privilege to be weighed down by the plea of another. And where is the blessing in following Jesus if all that we have to show for it is ridicule and persecution for righteousness sake? Where is the blessing in that? The promise of a future blessing is all well and good, but it doesn't seem too pleasant in the here and now for those people. You see, we assume too much for ourselves when we think that Jesus is only offering these blessings 
to his followers. These Beatitudes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount are a list of blessings for God's people, yes, given by Jesus to teach his followers how we should conduct our lives by being God's blessing to the world. Think about it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Someone who mourns understands that death is not a part of God's good creation and that every destructive force in this world, greed, violence, hatred, jealousy, self-ambition, foolish pride, these are unacceptable in the life of God's people. Mourning then and trusting that death is not the way Those who mourn in turn offer mercy to comfort those who are in grief, to stop the cycle and the fear of death and point to the goodness of God's love in Jesus. Someone who is pure of heart, hungers and thirsts for righteousness Seeking truth in the face of uncertainty, advocating for hope in the face of fear, demanding that God and God's desire take precedence over everything. Over personal wealth, over status, over opinion. And in turn, the person, the person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for justice works to make peace, not by keeping quiet, but by advocating for those who are poor in goods and in spirit. Even even if we feel that our own comfort is in danger of being unsettled. Look at what Jesus actually says, right? He only tells his disciples, blessed are you, On the last one. Blessed are those who mourn. He says. Almost as if to say. For you will comfort them. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. For you will show them the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For you will fill them with God's goodness. And blessed are you when you are reviled because of Jesus, because you know you're on the right track, offering God's blessing to a world desperately in need of it. Blessed are you who make the mission and the ministry which God has given Christ's church the focus of your life in Jesus. Blessed are you who offer the kingdom of heaven by comforting those who mourn, lifting up the humble, and doing justice for those who hunger and thirst for wrongs to be righted. Blessed are you who show mercy to the afflicted and seek God's faith in those who would ridicule us, mock us, slander, and ignore us for clinging to the foolishness that is the promise of life in the risen Jesus. Blessed are you, foolish people. 
Because it's in this way that we can begin to see the real blessing in these Beatitudes. Because our eyes will be fixed on Jesus. And the mystery of a world turned upside down by the foolishness of a cross and an empty tomb and how that makes us whole. Right, in in, in more ways than we often give him credit. St. Paul understood that God works through that kind of a mystery. Not the unsolvable, not the unexplainable, but the wondrous, the less than normal, the, the unexpected. In 1 Corinthians, he writes that God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. He chose what is weak in this world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised. Things that are not. Things that don't make sense. To reduce to nothing things that are. So that no one might boast in the presence of God. But instead give thanks for the blessings that come. These these blessings, the message of God's love for us, the scope of what Jesus has done for us. Offering mercy to those of us who are in need is not something that can be explained or understood rationally. God's wisdom looks foolish to us because resurrection is not how we're taught to look at this world. We're taught to focus on death and decay and fear and to strive for self-preservation above all things when what God tells us Let's focus on the blessing and the blessing that you are to your neighbor. The wisdom of God that looks foolish to us is life because it is self-emptying, self-giving, self-denying, and self-sacrificing. And it's our calling as disciples of Jesus To make disciples who grow in faith. To build strong communities and to share this good news that only makes sense if you encounter it. We can't make sense of that kind of love, but we can experience it. And we can share it with those who yearn for it. It's a kind of love that has to be experienced through meekness, humility, mercy, peace. And it only makes sense to those who have encountered it in their own lives. To those who have been taught to see the signs. To those who have been through the ringer and experienced the life-giving wholeness that is Jesus. A life and a love that only makes sense to God. How blessed are we that we are those people. And how blessed are we to be called children of God. 
Do not be content with these blessings because they're not just for you. Do not be content until the whole world knows the blessing, the goodness of being able to walk humbly with God in love and in mercy and in justice. Do not be content until others come to hear the blessing of what it means to follow Jesus and experience that in their own lives. Do not be content until our neighbors here in this place have been satisfied by the presence of God and the peace of the Holy Spirit that flows to them from you. This is how we know that God has blessed us. What a blessing it is to follow the risen Jesus. Amen.